This is the Expansion Mansion. Welcome to another episode of the Expansion Mansion. We are back and ready to recap the last match day before a massive international break. Here to do it with me are Max Bredos, the great Max Bredos, and Vince Rosa. Why were you laughing so hard to start the show? <laughs> Have you guys, has anyone ever heard of the energy drink Balls? B-A-W-L-S. I'm enjoying one right before the show. I did enjoy one. You're enjoying what? <laughs> Hello, let's move on. Hey guys, Balls. don't forget to subscribe to this. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to this channel. We're nearly Guilty. across a thousand subs. Let me let me handle this, Vince. Oh, okay. Where's the camera? We're six <laughs> away from a thousand. So if you're on here, we we appreciate all our supporters. Get some other people, talk to them. Let's get to a thousand. If we get to a thousand, we will sing the song of your choice on here. We'll get up and, and, and do a, sh a song. On the table. We'll, we'll stand on the all table. Right, we'll check in a few minutes. Let's get 994. Let's get to 1,000. Yeah. We're call, building. Call your friends. Like six more, right? So it's only six more. Six more subscribers. Tell, we believe in you. Tell your family You guys stuff. are always there for us. We think you guys can do this. Six more subscribers. And actually, we're not going to start the show until we get them. No, I'm kidding. No. Everybody uh, here we know subscribes because you guys are awesome, and it's great that you join us. And, yeah, and you're, you're digging the show, and we appreciate that. And this is it's our show. It's our show. It's your show, Max. No, it's not. It's ours. Are you guys good? Okay. We're good. Right. Take it away, Vince. Enough of that. Let's dive into the biggest storylines making their way across the country's virtual water coolers with hashtag trending. What? Hashtag Two trending. Things. One, virtual water coolers? And what is this? That's the move, no? No. We when you do a hashtag? Before. Five subscribers now. Do, my guy, Don Ramon. There we go. Don Ramon, all right. There we go. Countdown to 1,000. That's what this show's all about. Uh, okay, guys, in MLS, let's- You gotta have Ramon Chavez on the show one day, we, just saying. My guy in Phoenix. Hey, whoever whoever is the thousand subscriber, maybe we'll bring you on the show. There you go. But let's let's start in MLS, and you know a good place to start the top. Yeah. Right now, LAFC are undefeated. How many undefeated teams were there? Six. There's still six. There's six unbeaten. left. It's LAFC, RSL, Minnesota, Philly, okay. Columbus, and Chicago. Chicago. And there's three teams that have won three of their first four. Okay. So. But Spoiler. the very top, the very top is LAFC due, uh, due to goal differential. Surprisingly, though, tied with them at least on points. RSL. Is it? I don't know what to make. That's what I'm gonna about to ask you. I don't know what to make of RSL because they won in New England in a game that Carlos Hill called not soccer, uh, but incredible comeback, three to two comeback. Now they beat a Nashville team, which I don't know what to make of Nashville anymore. So did we underestimate Pablo Mastroeni's team? I mean, they lost their best player. Albert Rusnak is no longer on their team. Look, I think this is less in a weird way less so about rsl and more so about mls as a whole four games in i've said it time and time again how competitive this league is to me it's not surprising that there are these six teams that are undefeated and if you told me that rsl was at the bottom of the table come the end of the season i wouldn't be surprised but if you told me that they were a higher up playoff contender i would also not be surprised that's the that's the great thing about mls is you know you can have a really good team pablo Mastroeni. Mastroeni. Legend. Uh, USMNCU legend. And the, and the group of guys they have in RSL, it shows that maybe you don't need an all-star caliber team, but if you have a, a good group of guys who can just grit out results and, and get goals when, it, when you need it, you could you could go four games undefeated. Two set-piece goals. No David Ochoa. 
They didn't even need David no. Ochoa, who I guess is their star. Start with Crylock, Ochoa are kind of the two. What for it, that did team. McMath get team of the week too? McMath, team McMath of the got week. in there. I mean, Justin Merrim had a big game. Bobby Wood has rejuvenated himself. Uh, there, I mean, people are talking Bobby Wood to the national team. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, a little too far. It's a little too far, but he's he scored that really great goal last season in the playoffs good for him. to get him into the Western Conference Finals. So there's good pieces. They they have some good young academy players that always get thrust in there. They have uh, the USL team, the Real Monarchs, which is a mm -hmm. great feeder team. It has a lot going for them. Are they going to be there at the end? I don't think so. But the the victory over New England was a bit of an outlier, we'd say. But now coupled with a win at Nashville, they have a good home field advantage. If Nashville gets some road wins, and they got one last week, they get two or three of those, they're going to be in the playoffs, and then nobody wants to play them in the playoffs. They're a good playoff team. But credit where credit's due, congratulations RSL, four games undefeated. They've pulled together some pretty good results. The Bobby Wood talk to the national team, it's not happening, but that's a, a precursor of things to maybe come on this show. Uh, but yeah, let's yeah. move on. Let's move on to the weirdest, wildest game of the weekend. It was... Montreal Atlanta, which I guess if you're looking at your schedule, you're like Montreal Atlanta, they don't really have a history together. Montreal just played in CCL. They had a pretty heartbreaking loss to Cruz Azul, although they put up a good performance. But then they're they're boat racing Atlanta. They're up. They look cleanly up. Can we talk about the Jordi Mihaljevic goal? Have you ever seen beautiful. anything like no, that? Beautiful for Mihaljevic. One of the worst conceded goals you'll see in many years in Major League Soccer. For a lot of anywhere. reasons. You have your own corner. Uh, you Brooks Lennon plays his ball. <laughs> That just you try to play a goal, ball across your defense with only one guy back. Then you're so far pushed up that the offside rule doesn't matter in that part of the field. Uh, and then Jordi Mahalovic, like, where, where's Brad? Brad Guzon should have just, like, tipped his cap and kept running. Like, see ya, later. Or, I'm out. or just go through Mahalovic or something. Or just Don't stand there. I think spin. even just standing there would have been better. Don't do a spin. What is that? Right. He was trying to, if Mahalovic would have squared the ball, he was trying to overcompensate for the area in right. which he would have to make up but but then Atlanta spurred on by uh, an attempted murder by <laughs> Dom <laughs> Dwyer I that was try to rip the guy's leg so, off so so very stupid by Dom Dwyer that challenge did not need to happen first of all we were talking before 15 yards away from the opposition goal studs up late what are you doing, Dom? It's, this is what Dom Dwyer's become, right? It's, it's kind of a punchline. It's unfortunate because him being on Atlanta and getting his career back on the tracks was good news. You know, this is a guy who's done very well in this league. He got on the national team at one point, and then he kind of uh, started to descend a bit. But he's picked it up, and now this. So this is what we're talking about. But um, uh, Atlanta is a team that we have to ask a lot of questions about. They were fortunate to get back and tie this game. But down 3-1 at home to Montreal. Ring them alarm bells, man. That's why this 3-3 is such a result because Atlanta should be playing better. They're missing some pieces, although Miles Robinson's now back, and uh, they got some good young players, which we'll talk about, and Tiago Amada. But they don't. Mm -hmm. It's just it's they're not getting out of that second year. It's, look, it feels look, like that, a false that, dawn because I don't. Most teams would be happy about this, and then Tiago Amada scores, which we'll talk about him needing to be big for that team. But like Miles Robinson hasn't been himself. Like, I'm not sure what this team is good at. But, but that's what I'm saying. There, is there an identity for Atlanta right yeah. now, long-term and short-term? What What is their goals? What is their aspiration? What is Buying their expensive deal? players from South America. Right? If you guys are going for MLS Cup, go for MLS Cup. What's Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> My Cholo Pendleton. <laughs> What's up, man? It's true. You should have buttoned What's up, carnal? You should have buttoned the top button. Uh, Max, like that good shout. That moment when 110 football is only four subscribers. Three subscribers, I've been told. Oh. So it, my my very direct approach has worked. 
So we thank you, everyone here. And I some people don't think Bobby subscribe. Wood is going to the national team. I don't think it is, but there's a little chat. Again, save the national team talk. We're going to get to it. Max, um, can yeah. you talk about Tiago Almada? Bobby Wood my national Tiago Almada is going to have to be Miguel Almiron-esque. I don't think any player in this league other than Carlos Vela could maybe do something like that. I mean, what is he going to have to do? But He he looks happy to be there. There was a, a point where he came on, not in this game, but their last home game. He was taken in by the crowd at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, there's so many cautionary tales for players like him, including his predecessor um, in Ezequiel Barco that came here and didn't go well. He wants this to work out. This is a big league for young South American players, which we'll talk about a little bit later. You want to stick around for that. But uh, I like Almada, and early returns are that he is at least touching some expectations. But, but from Montreal's perspective, you've got to close out that game. There's absolutely yeah. no reason. Yeah. And, and also, for that last free kick, Say what you want, but that goal should never go should in. Never go period. in. Period. Not from that So, credit for Atlanta for scraping together a very tough draw. Mm -hmm. Man down, two goals, last five minutes. But then also Montreal. What are you doing, man? Uh, we must be doing well on these topics because we're now two away from a thousand. Two away. Two more. It's happening. It is happening guys, right now. I can't on wait the show. to meet you. Something. On the show, guys, we haven't even gotten to the best parts of the show yet either. Yeah. Uh, the best. Performance. <laughs> now we got a problem brewing. Now, <laughs> <laughs> do not do well, that. Yeah, no, don't all wait to be the thousandth. Uh, the best performance of the weekend was clearly Dallas and Jesus Ferrer. He has the hat trick. Oh, I got to talk about Charlotte. No, no, first. no, 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 no. no. What, how do you pronounce his name, Max? What's Karol Swiderski. Swiderski. Sorry, I tried we to heard it from a, an I tried actual to gloss pole, over it. An actual Polish person told us how to pronounce it, so I'm not you know, making. Not too many people refer to. Polish people, and I was like, Poles. Let's, yeah, let's move what on. Is this, what, what is this, World War II? <laughs> what is this, war? no. Uh, so, Charlotte. I should have asked that before, too. Charlotte, first home goal. Polish. First win. <laughs> I would say Sviderski's first goal does not go in if it's not on artificial turf, but home field Aww. advantage, home cooking. Uh, they win. It looked like they had maybe uh, some ideas for once. No? Yeah, fair, fair play. You know, I, as a, uh, did we do it? As a, uh, what I'm applauding because we got to a thousand. There you go. We did it. Thank you. Thank right. you. It's been nice. We'll see you guys later. All right. All right no, no. What do we do? It was all about. It was did all about. It? it was all about. Yeah. Everybody, we're gonna have a Cholo Pendleton giveaway. DJ Horns. Well, okay. We're stepping on all the Charlotte news, and I mean, I don't know if there's a ton of Charlotte fans. Luis, on. gracias. Yeah. It's congratulations, Charlotte, on your first uh, home. We should win. give away a yes, Charlotte win. FC jersey because that's what we were talking about. Well, yeah. can we call Al Rate see if he can get us one? Right, we'll yeah. get a one thousand on the back of a Charlotte jersey, and we'll give that away. Uh, getting back to Charlotte, that was truly surprising. I didn't expect to see that moment. Certainly not this season. And if it happened later, maybe not as many people come to these Charlotte FC games because they're not winning, and that's perfectly normal uh, behavior for a team, you know, but uh, they were getting a little better every game. Then they have this explosion and that crowd going bananas. And I know they made a big deal out of their first crowd, the 75,000. And that's great. But what did we say here? You've got to do it again. Yep. Well, they did it again. And now they got a victory. And uh, Miguel Angel Ramirez looking up to the scoreboard and a big grin comes on his face. And you see all the blue jerseys behind it. And it was loud. You could see it coming off your you could hear it coming off your screen. That was uh, one of my favorite moments, if not my favorite moment early on this season then, because I did not expect to see it. And then sleeper signing, Ben Bender. with a Signing draft pick, number one draft, draft pick. pick. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, yeah. college system is good. Charlotte, as the expansion team geek I am, I'm really happy. Well, you know what's interesting? There. Nothing would have topped winning that first game. But I would say 
if you knew you were going to win, lose your second game, like for long term, it's almost better to drop the first one. Everyone's excited. Win the second one and say, look, we're actually really building something. Yeah. We're not just here to show up. I, put it, people I think it actually shows the resilience that team has. Mm -hmm. well, you know, if you win your first game and then lose a couple after, it's mm -hmm. it's weird. But this show, this show, what I see is a team that, that really is will grind out results. And, okay. and look, we knew they were good defensively. Now we know they can score goals. I'm just going to break the fourth wall here. Our producer has been telling me to move on for it's like the past story. comments. And Max is like, no, Charlotte, no. What are we going to talk? No, we're talking more Salt Lake National? No, we you know what we're going to talk about? The thing that I really want to talk about, which is where we're going to have a lot of fun, is we're going to talk about Dallas's performance. And we're going to dovetail that into something really fun here. But let's talk about Jesus Ferreira, hat trick, assist. Paul Areola looks great. They both get called in. People are talking a lot about these players and how they're subpar national team quality in a window where the World, the World Cup is in the balance for the U.S. national team. Boom! What Look at more that. would I you want from these two mind. players in a match against a Portland team that, by the way, they pack it in like some to break Central down. American teams do? What I would like more of this is for you to give me credit because week one of expansion, Manson, I said FC Dallas. He did. It's going to be the surprise team and that Jesus Ferreira was going to be the golden boot. Yep. Right now, I like their kits the best. They're also chasing Brandon Vasquez. You like their kits. Well. Okay, take it back on the kits. Okay. Okay. There's fair, two or three. Okay. Two out of two three. Or three kits better. Two out of three are bad. LAFC, Portland. Okay. All better. Uh, but this is uh, this is a team. And by the way, I was going to say they're not deep, but I looked at their. They actually have some some punch off their bench. Mm -hmm. uh, they play with the back three. Plenty of good options defend in the in the midfield in the engine room. Pax and Palmy calls playing better. Paul Ariola, I know he is, people like to poke fun of him. He had a great game, scored a goal, was involved in a lot of stuff. And then Jesus Fedeta, three different goals, not to mention Alan Velasco had the goal last week. Not only is this a good team, it's a fun team to watch, Connor. I don't know if, I don't, they're going to be a playoff team. I don't know how far they're up there, but I've seen enough that they're vastly Without injuries. My, my, my vastly question improved is, from a year if Ricardo Pepe goes for 20 million last window, what does Ferreira go for? He's a, he does he's a he more functional more, player. He might be more valuable. I don't know if it's 20 million because that was probably he, more than Pepe, and he may not get 20 million after it's all said and done because of how things might come down because yeah. he's not playing. I think Ferreira could well, be a more valuable we, we player. We talked about how how Pepe and Ferreira are two very different players, mm -hmm. but but does his versatility play into him being probably more valuable? In the it moment? does raise his value. His functionality, he can probably play on the wing. He can play as a 10. We've false. now seen he can play as that false nine and kind of lead the line. I would say that... He's a true false nine in the regards that he doesn't go too deep. Like a lot of people assume a false nine goes deep into the midfield. No, he goes just right into, the, into that that soft space in between the lines, and he can play make from there. Yeah, he's durable. I mean, he's a, he's a slight guy. I mean, he's not a big. He, if he tough gets, to get off the ball though. Tough to get off the ball. He'll give slight. you 90 minutes all the time. He's always there for FC Dallas, and because of Pepe moving around, he's really been able to express him. I love those two playing together, but Fedeta on his own. Is proven, especially yeah. with a guy like Ariola extending the field and Velasco settling in. This is a must-watch MLS team. R really quickly, in terms of MLS, in the Western Conference last season, Texas teams, California teams, no one made it. Now you have Dallas, Austin, LAFC, LA Galaxy. Then there's Houston and San Jose. But we can talk about those guys. But maybe there. four These, out of those six make the playoffs. Four out of those six probably make the playoffs this year. At least three. All right. Well, let's keep talking about Paul Ariola. And Jesus Ferrer, but let's shift gears a little bit here. Let's go to the U.S. national team because as of right now, as I said, their World Cup hopes are on the line in this final window. And those two guys we think are going to play a big role. And there's somebody that knows a little bit about qualifying for the World Cup and what it takes to make it. Heath Pierce is going to join us. 
from CBS, from Four Soccer Ventures. There he Whoa. is. Oh, with his national team jersey in the back. He knew, he, knew the, he knew the assignment. Yeah. What's up, guys? How wow. are you? It's good to Sound see you guys. Good. What's Look up, Heath? That. Look at those teeth. Is it, are you allowed to see Max Bredos less than 24 hours after a call with him, or is it, are we breaking protocol here? Only in our non-military garb, you know, we're in civilian <laughs> casual, uh, our civilian wear, so we're Correct, allowed corporal. to uh, see each other. <laughs> so, Heath, I, you and I have actually talked a little bit about Jesus Ferreira um, in that false nine position, and initially I was of the mind, uh, he can do it, but do we want him to do it? I'm going to say I, I, I was wrong. He looked really good in this game. I know it's a small sample size, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, my, my problem with the, the, the false nine in the way that the national team plays against or teams play against the national team is just they're tending to sit back. They're sitting deeper. Obviously, against Mexico, I think it's going to be a little bit more wide open. But when you play against Panama at home in the game that I think is the most important, if Panama is going to sit back and hit you on the counter, they're going to block off all those passing lanes. And you, we're not Manchester City. You know, we can't have... Uh, Phil Foden rotate with uh, Gabriel Jesus and you can work in a number of different players until you get to the Champions League final and play Gundogan and, and mess it all up for over tinkering. That's a joke, but he over tinkered there, but but he it is functional, I think, in certain cases, but we need we do need to have a target striker there at times. Somebody that can occupy the center backs, hold the center backs up, hold up play, draw fouls, do a lot of that dirty work, which I think Jordan Pifot can do at a higher level than Gabriel. Uh, not Gabriel. Now I've got Gabriel Jesus. Jesus yeah. Ferreira uh, uh, can do in that position. I think he's been great. Obviously, when he's scoring goals, you can't argue uh, that. But that's at the club team level and at the national team level. I think he's been very busy in the box. But I, I'd still rather go with a more traditional striker, given the context of the way teams line up, the way that they bunker in, the way that you need a striker that's more active in the box and not somebody that's going to go drifting off and play that false nine going looking for the ball more often. So, so we're not all coming to the conclusion that the number nine USA needs is Bobby Wood? No, but we, we're just we're Have just you heard the Bobby? That, that hey, hey, Bobby Wood? Yeah. He's going to tell you yes. yes. Let's hear it. Hey, at a certain point, Bobby Wood was, was the next Charlie Davies, you know, in terms of like, this fighting energy, chase everything on the field, make the game more predictable. And if you think about the way in which the team tries to press, and I don't think they're very good at pressing, but Greg Berhalter wants that team to press high up the field, win the ball in good spots, and then one, two, three passes, you're you're somewhere in and around the goal frame. And a Bobby Wood type, if, if, if it is indeed a true form that he's in right now, I think could be helpful in terms of the way in which the team can win the ball in better spots. It's a little bit late to bring in a Bobby Wood into this conversation right yeah. now, but certainly could have used him at, at, at other points. Having said that, like, you know, uh, uh, Ricardo Pepe is great at pressing the, the game as well. Is also a high-energy pressing striker and things like that. So I think we do have some some tools at our disposal. But the number nine is one of our weakest positions in terms of form right now. Who starts for you? I think it has to be Jordan Pifak. And Azteca, okay. At Azteca, yeah, I think Pifak because I think he, again, he can occupy the center backs. He can scrap for those balls. Uh, I think set pieces are going to be a big uh, uh, a big part of, of, of winning or getting a result out of this. If you go back to... Nations League. I know we have this romanticism in our head of how the U.S. beat Mexico three times, and you think about it, and you go, wow, we played them off the pitch. We've never played them off the pitch. We scrap and we fight and we outfight them. We're more disciplined. We get our chances. We get our set pieces. We bury those set pieces, and we win those games. And I think Jordan Pifak plays into that advantage as well, especially playing away from home. It's not the same Mexican national team that we've seen in the past. It's not the time of year that's more difficult to play, and it's only half capacity at Azteca. So I think all those combined give some advantage back to the U.S., but having a striker like that that could, could keep those center backs honest, uh, make the game more predictable, I think will certainly be helpful. So, Heath, the, the hot topic in, in this window uh, among U.S. national team Twitter, which is a horrible place, never go there. I love uh, a hot topic. Yeah, it's a hot topic. It's, <laughs> it's uh, how we're replacing guys, why guys aren't getting looks that haven't been part of the group. You've been a part of a qualifying group. 
This is the final window. It all comes down to this. And, and what people aren't saying is that in this final window, we are in second. It's not like anyone's ran away and qualified way ahead of us. But talk to us about how you integrate a guy. Like, what would it take for a coach to say, this guy hasn't been with the group almost the entire qualifying campaign. I'm going to start him in Azteca. Like, what, what mindset would you even have to be in for that to happen? Or, or am I way off base by ta even talking about this? I mean, that was sort of the Ricardo Pepe introduction when we saw him and got his game against uh, against Jamaica. We he got his game against Honduras. Uh, you kind of throw him in. The national team is about form. If you look at the way that they built rosters for the World Cups, a lot of the times after you get to 17, 18, and a 23-man roster, you're looking at players that you know that you can throw in at any given time. During my cycle, we had um, Edson Buttle was brought in, went to the World Cup. Uh, Hercules Gomez. Uh, wasn't part of any of 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 sort of the the, the build up to the World Cup. He went to World Cup because he was in form. We had um, Robbie, Finley. Other, uh, Robbie Finley. Yeah, he he went to a World Cup based well, on form. And so, Heath, I don't I don't want to interrupt you here, but what I, I think maybe I'm conflating two things because I get it. When when you're in hot form, you go to the World Cup. It's a short sample size, four three four games top. But I, but what about qualifying? I mean, don't you got? Doesn't he have to go to the guys that he knows he can rely on, or or that he knows? Period. Yeah, that he knows. Period. Well, well, that's why I think he'll go with, I, I personally think he'll go with an, uh, an Aaron Long uh, because he knows him in mm. terms of throwing him in. He hasn't been in a long time. He's been injured for a long time. He's been good so far to start the season, but he's a guy that Greg really likes and trusts. And, and, he's, and he's a great athlete. He can put out fires. He can do all the things that I think Greg Berhalter wants him to do. That's at the center back position. That's right up the spine. It would be easy to go with Robinson, but I don't think Miles Robinson is in great form no. uh, since his last World Cup qualifiers as well as playing for Atlanta United getting a double yellow uh, recently as well. And so I think he's going with something different. But for a striker, that's a hot hand. You want to feed that hot hand no matter where you're playing. And, and yeah, Jay, uh, Jesus Ferreira is also in, in fantastic form right now. But I think he presents something a little bit different than, than or something very different than what Jordan Pifak does. I think they're both threats. And, and you're right, it could, it could be a, a Jesus Ferreira. But he's also pretty new in the national team and hasn't had a ton of runs in the squad. Uh, a lot of this team hasn't like if you went with guys that you knew, you would say John Anthony Brooks should be back in the team because he's played in the world cup and he's been in big games and he's played in champions league and he's been in difficult moments, but it's a, it's a lot more than that. Anytime that you're building a roster and the national team is just so different than the club level where part of its form, part of it's the club that they're playing at part of it's how they fit into your system. And part of that's all coming into a time and a window of the results that you're trying to get. So it's a difficult thing to navigate and manage that I think the rules play a little bit differently than they do at the club level. So so we here at the Expansion Mansion love to talk things all MLS. Today, it's a little bit different. We're talking a little bit of USMNT. Keith, honest opinion. This this is a weird time to, to start debating this topic because last window be <laughs> before the World Cup, before for the qualifiers. Yeah, I know where you're going. Where, where do you stand regarding MLS players within the USMNT? Uh, uh, MLS, MLS versus Europe. MLS versus Europe. Um, oh man, this is, yeah, this is, this is the endless debate. And I know, look, the Twitter Audi hate MLS, but even though most right. of Europe came from MLS, most a good percentage. Yeah, of they European. did start here. Here's the argument now. Yeah, it's exactly that. Every player with, with an exception of maybe Christian Pulisic has now attributed part of their success to MLS academies, right? Almost every single one didn't come a uh, Serginho Dest, right? Those are probably the two in the national team that don't have some sort of connection point to an MLS academy at some level. And so I don't buy into it. Yes, I do think that Europe, I played in Europe. Um, uh, I played in MLS. I think Europe pre pre presents different challenges in terms of your career. It's also a very difficult place, differently, uh, difficult in different ways than it is in being in MLS. But I like uh, Jordan Morris. I like Paul Ariola. Look at the form that he's in right now. We were, we were just talking about it on a show earlier today uh, about 
you know, with, with Charlie Davies of who's one player that you think is going to have a big moment in this qualifying window. And for me, it's Paul Arioli. He's kind of got that, that game changer ability. And while he's not going to be the flash that you want from a young Timo Weah who's not getting time in Europe, he is playing consistently. He is in good form. And I, and I, and I like him as a player. Now, the, when you go deeper, when you go into more of the nepotism world, then I start to agree with a lot that's on the internet. I, I, I'm glad Jossie Zardes isn't brought in because he's not in great form. He's not playing. And I think he's past his international level, but I still like uh, the core contingent of, of, of MLS players. And I don't think you should take preference of players playing in Europe. We have a bunch of national team guys that are playing in Belgium. Belgium's not nope. uh, a, a super league. Nor is uh, the, the Swiss Dutch, league where PFOC yeah, the Swiss plays. league's not and PFOC doesn't, but like, PFOC is scoring consistently. His team's not in first place. He's continuing to get goals. They had a change of managers. He's continuing to play well. David Wagner's out. I think that there's a form thing there that's worth looking at just being something different because I think he'll get a move in the summer to a bigger club as well. But yeah, overall, it's not, you know, we're not talking about how do you compare uh, FC Dallas to Juventus. We're, we're just talking about players in general. And I think there's a big difference there. And I'm all for uh, MLS players at any point of their career. If they're in good form and if they're quality players of getting runs in the national team. Uh, injuries, uh, a big problem for Greg Berhalter, Chris Richards, Matt Turner, Serginho Dest. In the midfield, Weston McKinney's the biggest one, and now Brendan Aronson, who could be a midfielder, also out. How do you see Greg Berhalter addressing that, specifically in the midfield, and specifically, who do you think, because we haven't heard from it yet, unless I missed it while we were on the air, who is going to come in for Brendan Aronson? Well, here's what's, I, I'm not a Greg Berhalter disciple whatsoever. I like what he's done. But when everybody was talking all that mess all this time about Greg Berhalter, oh, we're changing the team. Look at all the formations. And I was one of them. We've now got a far more experienced team because of the rotation that we use during these triple fixture windows where now you have players that you can actually trust and bring in. If we would have had this and nobody got any games over this period, and it was the same exact 11 over and over again for three, three matches every window and then the couple of double windows, I think we'd be in big trouble of having to throw this team uh, into the fire that is this qualifying window. There's a lot more pressure now because they got to qualify. You're playing at Aztec. You got to play Panama and win that game at home. Who are also chasing a World Cup berth, and so it's it's tough to navigate that. I think those injuries do mean something, but look what we have now in replacement. Gio Reyna is back into the team. Christian Pulisic is back in fantastic form and playing at like Chelsea Pulisic level. You've got Timothy Weah who hasn't been playing much for for his his club team. But he's great when he's with the national team. He kind of builds his confidence back up when he's with the national team. Eunice Moose is one of my favorite players in the national team as well. You've got more players challenging in the defender, defensive positions. I'm a little bit worried about right back as well, whether that's Reggie Cannon or they go with, with DeAndre Yedlin because Serginho Dest was, was that player. But now that you don't have Serginho Dest, you have a little bit more balance. We were exposed at times with both fullbacks being high and wide and kind of cheating forward. We now have a little bit more of that balance if you were to play, say, uh, Reggie Cannon in that position as well. And then now Zach Steffen got his his minutes in the FA Cup this week. So he's at least got some rhythm uh, going on right now. So while you can make a lot out of that, we're showing some depth in this team that I think we're still capable of of at least getting a point, if not more, against Mexico. Because Mexico is, again, vulnerable wow. in ways that they haven't before. And then also against Panama, we've got plenty of players that can beat this Panamanian side. Quickly from you, Heath, before we let you go, we have a horrible history traveling to Azteca, but we have also a horrible history going to the back end uh, match, Costa Rica. So you just said you think Mexico might be vulnerable to picking up some points. I think if they get four points in this window, it's pretty much said and done. So A-team at Azteca or... Are you of the mind that you save the, the the big guns for that back half to try to maximize those points? Yeah, the only player in question that I have for that one is Tyler Adams because he's on yellow card uh, warning right now. And he is an emotional player. And you know that Mexico is going to try to draw him into certain things like that or being in that sort of 
you know, whether they play with a double pivot with Acosta or not, being in that position, sometimes you have to be able to put out that fire, especially when you have attacking fullbacks, and that could put him in a vulnerable position to be suspended against Panama. That's the only one. I don't think it's a good sign if you roll out a secondary squad or a less than best team against Mexico. I think the points are there against Mexico. Historically, it's an incredibly hard place to play, uh, and it will be again, but you're not playing in the middle of summer. It's not a noon kickoff. It's not a full capacity. It's a half capacity. Other teams have gone down there, whether uh, Jamaica or or whoever else, to, to at least compete in a way that Mexico uh, is not used to. Normally, you go, you play against Mexico, even at home. Mexico's going to dictate the flow of play. They're going to win the possession game. They're going to frustrate you. They're going to try to get you to chase it. They're not doing that as much now. It's not the Mexico of before, at least not at the moment. So I think there is an opportunity there. You play your best team. You get them two games in a row. Um, and, and you just have to have a professional performance in, in, in both of those. And I think the U.S. qualifies um, relatively comfortably yeah. uh, before the end of the game or, 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 or at the end of it. I mean, Ahead of Costa Rica is all I need to hear. Ahead of Costa Rica. Yeah, listen, I, by the way, and I, and I, I know I talk a lot, but Mex <laughs> uh, when I went, I went down to Costa Rica for our 2010 World Cup qualifying campaign, and I was not in the 18 uh, during that, that window. And I was up in the stands, and we lost 3-0 in that match. I think Brian Ruiz had a couple bangers, but... I remember sitting in the stadium and we were in a, a, a luxury suite, uh, which had no luxury Air whatsoever. It was, yeah, there was no there was no luxury to it whatsoever. There was no protection. You were basically like walled in like you would be in, in a suite. But people could reach out and touch you from all directions. And we were being like awesome. sung at, chanted at, things thrown at us. We were getting beat really bad. And I remember going like, man, even as a fan watching that and the team lose in that, in that game, I was like, this is a really hard place to play. So you don't want to leave it to that game against Costa Rica, no matter how old they are or how aged they are or how they're not the team that they were before. Set pieces can still beat you by any team uh, in CONCACAF, and it's just not a game that I want to leave it up to to qualify for a World Cup. I know. Well, confident based but, on what but, he said, though. But he's confident. So I'm confident. We bring now. in the big guns because this, this really is the most important moment in U.S. qualifying history. So thank you, Heath. We of appreciate all your confidence, and we're going to live off that. We're going to live and die by your words here. Uh, there goes Heath Pierce, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much, Heath. It's good to know that Heath knows the way to San Jose. Yes, he's been he's been there, done that. Uh, that was Ours. again. That was Heath Pierce, guys. You can check him out. Uh, he does things with CBS Sports. Obviously, his four soccer adventures. Well, he, he does everything. He's he's yeah. on camera. He's podcast. I mean, yep. I, I don't want to YouTube. Space. I don't want to shortchange him. He does much more work than I do. Yeah, I'll he's tell you that. Uh, he's a phenomenon with yeah. what he's able to do. Also, also a plus one guy. with Max Bredos yeah. on the LFC. And he, a, and he had a spray dude. paint can. Is he a tagger in the top? Of, he had a little, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's a bit of an artist. Okay. HP. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's still talk about some some intercontinental play, but let's do it within uh, the but, confines of right, the club game. Comments about nope. the uh, U.S. team and people looking uh, forward to seeing hey, the U.S. We talk U.S. stuff because it's what the people want to talk yes. about. All right. MLS entered the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinals with five teams. And now we're down to three. Two. Two. Yeah, this copy's <laughs> wrong. Uh, I think <laughs> this is what I get for trusting the copy. I think we still feel pretty good that this might finally be the year MLS wins the competition, but maybe there are a few of you not, not so sure after that. that are last you reading go. a prompter? I don't want to read it now because right. I don't trust it. Couldn't tell. Yeah, I don't want to try. I don't trust it. You're, uh, like, you're like Joe Biden with guys, that prompter. You just got to yeah, go, hey, man. Let me tell you, man. Let's talk about how our, how our MLS. Let's talk about how our MLS teams, fee, uh, how they fared. Um, we'll start with Montreal, uh, who had a tough task against Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul probably the, the still the class of the competition, but they hardest draw. They acquitted themselves well. They did have the hardest. They draw. knocked out Santos. Yeah, and then they pushed Cruz Azul. They gave an away goal, but Montreal had the hardest draw, and all things considered, did very well. I give them a B plus.
Oh, wow. And I, I will say this. We'll go we weren't even grading it. No, I, I weren't even grading <laughs> it. But I think Montreal could hold their heads up high. They they scared Cruz Azul. They knocked out Santos pretty convincingly at the end. Remember, we were at the movie screening together. Oh, you're I, right. I, I was showing, we were in the middle of uh, the uh, we Foo Fighters the Foo movie. We were showing movies. you the scores. You guys were watching the Foo Fighters movie? Yeah. It was fun. Pretty decent. God, you're old. I know. Stop. It's not that old. What do you mean? On. It just came out. It's not like I said. No, I know, but deep like purple here. But right. uh, uh, I but, was gonna say I'd go see your movie sometime. But damn. damn. When New England blew that lead to Pumas, <laughs> uh, everyone's going, "Oh, here we go again." And I'm like, "Wait a minute. Wait a minute. MLS is ahead of the curve here because you had Santos getting knocked out. You had uh, Seattle knock out." Leon, so that's two Mexican teams that have been knocked out specifically by MLS teams. Wait, wait, yeah. don't, 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 we're going to get to those. Don't jump the gun. Too. Okay, but I'm saying it's still a – I am very confident this is going to end okay. well for so, you. And you know so, you're going to get one finalist. So although Montreal do end up getting knocked out, fair play to Montreal, they did probably as good as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. But they almost did better. They were they, yeah, they almost did better. I, I mean, with the roster they have, I mean, they're maybe one good player away from really turning that tie a little bit differently. Fortunately, it's, it's too little too late. Okay, let's move on to a team that – a lot of teams have very little, a lot of people have very little confidence in, in them after their trip to Guatemala. NYCFC looked like they were free and clear against Comunicaciones. And then they subbed out basically their best players. There, there's uh, so much more to it. And then Comunicaciones it. made a real game of it. I, I think there is a lot to it, but also it really just comes down to them thinking they were free and clear and maybe just making one sub too many, I feel like. It was. Also, still. the goals were kind of fluky. Still, I mean, that's cutting it way too close. Yeah. No, of course. They should, they should have a little more respect. I mean, it ended up being a way goal, right? In Guatemala. A way goal over, trying. Yeah. But, they, but to your point, MLS teams are doing their business. They're, they're, you, it's about advancing. So if a Mexico that. team came back and was able to turn it around, we'd say, oh, yeah, that's what Mexico, that's what Mexican teams do. That's what League MX teams do. An MLS team does it. Oh, guys, I almost blew it. No, they did their work they, early they on, it. no? They did it. Same with New England to a sense. It's like you could say Pumas came back, but New England won the first leg three zip where it actually went to penalties. Mm-hmm. So take it, take it how you will. Yeah. But that was still a bad result for them. A the very Reds. bad result. Are you worried about NYCFC now? Uh, a little bit, but it, it, it's weird because now we have two MLS teams within the same semifinal bracket. We have to figure out which one will do better, right? And I do think, I do think it's Seattle. So, so I'm actually not too worried about New York City FC because I think they're going to lose this game, and that's okay to me because if Seattle beat the, look, as much of an LAFC fan I am, I want a MLS team to win. Mm-hmm. The Concacaf Champions League, and I think Seattle has the best shot at it. So I could care less about. You made a good point about the home field, right? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about it when we talk about Seattle. But there's a there's All a right, point to, to talk about. Yeah, keep jumping. Let's go to where uh, Soccer USA, New England in a downward spiral. They really are. But yeah. to your point, Pumas has done this before to a certain Cruz Azul team. Uh, they came back from four goals down in the Liguilla. Yeah. Uh, this is what they do. They have uh, Mariano was in that chair. You were in that chair, as as we do musical chairs, and he said. They have the top-end talent to do it. It's just a matter of feeding them. New England just allowed them to feed their attackers but, all but, day. But keep in mind, this is also off of a terrible loss to Real Salt Lake in the snow. Still missing their goalkeeper Still and missing their both goalkeeper. their top center backs, right? Then this game, the CCL game against Pumas, where they just absolutely blow it. Say what you want. It's Pumas. They blew it. And then... Also, they still had a chance in penalty. Now losing 3-1 to Charlotte, a team that has never won before, period? Yeah. Look, I'm not... Things change. It's a long season. But you better believe that for New England, it is already a long season. Yeah. Uh, Pumas is... Does does Pumas have a chance against Cruz Azul? Sure. 
Okay. Sure they do. I mean, Cruz, this, this is a, a, not an elite Cruz Azul team. Very, very good. Uh, I like Pumas. Dineno is a great striker. Got the couple of the goals. And I would also add that New England had some good chances to win it in the 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Got to finish a little better there. But uh, uh, these are two good. This is a really good setup for the, the semifinals with the two Mexican teams. It's going to be very hotly contested. And the two MLS teams in the same very way. Mm -hmm. And the two best MLS teams, you'd have to say, over the last 12 months, you, right? You know these what are the I two best. saw? Like, people saying this whole thing is rigged. Like, oh, they won a, a Liga Mekis team versus an MLS team in the final. No, it's just the best teams playing the best teams. Right, the it's not rigged because they would, they, well, it never gets to this point. Well, and for years and years, it was always a Liga MX team versus a Liga MX team. So it definitely right. isn't rigged in any way. Uh, let's move on to that Seattle game because to me, it was 1-1, but for all intents and purposes, they won that game because it was just an impressive performance, especially going down to Leon. the first leg by five or six. Yeah, especially going down to Leon. They did, they did everything we wanted MLS teams to do. Took care of their business in the first leg, really hammered them, made sure they got that third goal, and then the second leg, just a professional performance all the way around. But, but that speaks to the quality of MLS. I, I think most, without Rui Diaz, without Rui Diaz, I think there's a lot of these teams that can can compete with Liga Mekis teams and all the other teams, whether that be uh, Central America or, or even South America in some points, because these teams are good enough. It's just a matter of going down to a new environment, kind of playing really physically against really talented players. Look, Seattle proved that, hey, MLS is a, a force to be reckoned with now. Seattle's uh, MLS is improved a little bit, not a lot, but Liga MX has come down a bit and they're kind of meeting each other a little bit closer. You can see it in all the results. Uh, even last season when we got to the semifinals, it, uh, Liga MX was irresistible and you figured they were going to run through it. Got two teams in the final, got three in the semifinals. I see Jesse Perez picking a Seattle Cruz Azul final, which would be great. I, I, I like uh, well, I, I like Jesse saying Pumas will win if they lose the first leg 3-0. <laughs> it seems to be they're, they're the reverse Cruz Azuliado, which yeah. is interesting now that they face each other. But yes, on the other side, there's NYCFC Seattle. I like Seattle. I think Seattle. I think NYCFC plays the more fun football, the more entertaining football. But after seeing what Seattle did in Leon, I think they're just a more complete built. team too. They're just built to go to Mexico. And the thing that you brought up is this: if NYCFC gets through, they have no home field advantage. Yeah, that's a problem because we've seen how important home field is. Just look at New England Pumas. To be able look to look at force, all these results where they're yeah. so one one way, whether it's home or away. To force Cruz Azul or Pumas to go to Lumen Field to play on the artificial turf, to maybe the weather might come into play. Like, if they can get a good result, I actually trust the Seattle team to grind out a result in Mexico because they already did it against a very good Leon team, Leon team, very talented team. But they're just set up, man. They're just they're set up with physical defenders. They don't get out of position. Then they've got Xiao Paulo that can play a, a nice ball, Rusnak that can play a nice ball. And then somehow, Freddie Montero is resurrected from yeah. the dead. Uh, and they don't even need Rui Diaz, but they can. I think Rui Diaz will be healthy. Well, by the we'd time have to check, this. but Jesse Perez is seeming that Lodero and Rui Diaz will be back. And these semifinals come in in April, so we have a couple weeks still. Final at the end of April, so there is time for Seattle to get well. Okay, quickly, what's the final? Um, Seattle, Seattle crosses well. I don't think there's. I just have a feeling it's not going to be perfect for MLS. It's going to be challenging. So New York City FC Cruz Azul. I say Seattle Pumas. Ooh. They all sound good to me. Well, another exciting MLS weekend means more MLS memes. So we have picked out a few of our favorites. Tell us in the chat which one you like the best. Let's start in the Peach State. ATL. It's also the Pecan State. Is it the Pecan State? Georgia. Georgia. A lot of, yeah. They grow a lot of things there, I guess. They grow a lot of very fertile turf. Look at this. 
So this was uh, Charlotte. We did not start in Georgia. This is North Carolina. This is North Carolina. This is um, Tobacco State. Yes. Tobacco State. Tobacco State. So Charlotte Road. FC posted their full-time score and said no FC's given, right? Because the Revs, their new rebranding, that was their thing. Look, what did the Revs respond? Oh, we'd like to which, say which, that you've been here before. I like Both that. were petty. Which do you like better? I like the Charlotte's because they took the first uh, the first hit. Yeah? Yeah, it always seems petty when you respond. Yeah. I, I have this rule where you can, like, drop a bomb in the comments, like a hot take or an opinion or a joke. Never respond to anyone. Because the other person wins as soon as you yeah. respond. You know what I mean? Or just retweet theirs. And they'll yeah. go, what? That's such a mind mess. You right? know? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what is he trying to get at by retweeting my insult? Right, I've done go. it before it works. I do. Did I buy my Scorpion tickets yet? I'm sorry. Uh, is that in Vegas, Juan? I might have to go to a show. Also, Doobie Brothers. Doobie? Oh, what? They have a okay. residency. They Moving both on. have residencies Moving in on. Vegas. Now we actually are, in fact, going to Georgia. Let's check out the second meme. There we go. <laughs> Kevin, all right. That, that first one was, although not a meme, was a pretty funny uh, yeah, back funny. and forth. Well, I'll, ta I'll take it. Remembering what a team has posted before. Oh, it's an Always Sunny meme, which that. always gets, gets extra points for me. Why? Because Always Sunny is hilarious. Is it? I like the, I like the background. You don't watch it? Look at that, no. like, fluid. No. Max, I think you breath? like It's Always Sunny. I've seen a couple episodes. You, you it was okay. You and this character, Dennis, uh, a lot of uh, corollaries and similarities. <laughs> yeah, I, don't so. I don't mean that in a good way. <laughs> I didn't think you did. It never is a good way for me. <laughs> I don't mean it in a good way. Uh, that's a fun one. It's Always Sunny's fun. Dom Dwyer. We're... Dom Dwyer. Dom Dwyer. Me a meme. A, a memeable soccer player if there ever was. A very memeable soccer okay, player. Okay, what, what do we got it's next? The hair and the beard. What do we got what next? What do we got next? Um, this was, uh, oh, this is great. The Red Bulls off of, wait, no, this, but this is actual footage of the game. No. Yes. <laughs> this is, that is footage. a Red Bull shirt. Yeah. Wait, is that actually, I didn't even catch that. That was, That's a that Red was, Bull shirt. that was Fletcher. And that was Darlington that was, Nagby scored a 95th that was, minute. That was Fletcher dancing on the ball. And then the crew just going the other way. Fletcher it's dancing boring. on the ball. And Fletcher going, what happened? What happened? That was right off of a corner, right? What now? They, are they allowed to score? Uh, huh? Fletcher dance. I like that ball. one. That might be like my favorite. Play. We want to hear from you guys. What is a favorite? You tell them uh, my shirt is Diego Maradona. Not Jim Morrison. What do you guys like the Not most? Not Jim Morrison. Well, out of those three memes, well, what was your favorite? We got a. Uh, I think we got a bonus fourth one. Oh, we have a bonus fourth one. Bonus fourth one. Banana, banana. Should we take a look? Ah, the Hindenburg. Uh, for all you history buffs. <laughs> wrong logo, by the way. Uh oh, they didn't use the new logo. Oh, that you know what. You know what? It's interesting. We didn't make it. It's not yeah, we didn't make oh, this. Yeah, just to, I'm telling just the, person, to, uh, the person who made it. You know, funny thing is, ever since they did that that rebrand, things have started to go downhill. Well, I, I mean, saying that we're still so early in the year that to uh, compare <laughs> the, the revolution to the Hindenburg, the Hindenburg tragedy is a bit much. But hey, but I get it. That's the great thing about that's the what means I understand. are. I understand. I understand. All right, let you us, understand. Yeah. Let us I mean, know. Everybody died in that thing. Let us know in the chat <laughs> which, which one was your favorite meme, guys. Uh, I'm going to go. I, I like the first one. one. I, I, it wasn't really a meme, though. I know it isn't, but it's a, I like banter between yeah. uh, uh, I'll go with the, the person on fire with the unicorn. Yeah, the, the actual footage of, we can't play MLS footage, so we played that instead, yeah. and that gives you a visual representation. Yeah, it's pretty much I got, the, got the impression. I, I still kind of like the Hindenburg. We turn our attention from the best on the internet to the best on the pitch. Let's get right into MLS Players of the Week. Vince, please start us off. My Player of the Week, I'm sticking with the hometown guy, Ryan Hollingshead who, as a defender to have a brace, usually gets you some, some pretty good pub around MLS circles, but I guess not for Ryan Hollingshead. 
Uh, two great goals. Should have had a hat trick, actually. Uh, had that header where he literally held the guy off uh, and finished flat-footed, didn't even have to jump. That's how good he is. Uh, and then really a laser into the corner. But besides that, he actually had a very good game. Uh, LAFC were finding it troubling to get through the middle. He was finding ways around the corner. He was actually a decoy a lot of times, and Carlos Vela was drifting out wide to the left and creating a lot. And then I think just in transition defense, I mean, other than the chance off the corner, did we really call Dahomey's name at all? He was not involved in this game, and Ryan, Ryan Hollings had really locked eh, it down. So. He had that one run. That's what I'm saying. Other okay. than, other but, but, than, but other the, than corner, the corner. Okay. Yeah, but also corner. for a fullback to, to, to yeah. put away two goals. Two goals for a fullback, and it really, uh, that first goal, LAFC needed it bad because it looked like it was going to be one of those Vancouver-type games, but he got them back on there, really recharged the team, and uh, I will give him player of the week. Max, you're up. See, Alan's with me. What's in Always Sunny? Maybe we can watch it together, Alan. Catch up. Maybe you guys can binge it together. Yeah, we can binge it together. I was digging my hand in this chair and I found all my old masks here. <laughs> Great. Oh, nice. That's a little disgusting. I know, it oh, is yeah. a little disgusting. Uh, my player of the week is Jesus Ferreira. Truth be told, I was a little bit surprised he had not scored in the first three games. He came pretty close. Other FC Dallas players, including Alan Velasco, had found the back of the net. But when it rains, it pours. When it finally got going, Jesus Ferreira in the nick of time because he's going to be joining the U.S. men's national team in nearby Houston to prepare for the game at the Azteca. He delivered, and really the, uh, the, the biggest result of the weekend, FC Dallas beating Portland, humbling Portland 4-1, to one, scoring three different types of goals as a false nine. But it looked as a traditional nine, two in many cases, the little header there at the near post. Jesus Ferreira, I, I, I think, is going to be a real breakthrough. And get in line. He is 21 years of age. This is going to be a guy that a lot of European clubs are going to be inquiring about if they haven't already. So are you starting him in Azteca? Uh, I think... I'm leaning towards PFOC. I was I started to think Fedeta partly because of this performance, but listening to Heath, because I think you have a lot of players that could do the job Fedeta and Pulisic and mm -hmm. Sewea, fill some gaps behind that uh, uh, a traditional number nine who can just get there. Hopefully yeah. there's some set pieces coming in that maybe he can get at those. provide a difference. Mexico I think it makes center sense. backs might be their weak spot. And right? Look, PFOC is, I mean, top scorer in Switzerland. He scored 10 goals in nine games. I mean, he's putting up and I know he's not La Liga or Bundesliga, but he's putting up Lewandowski, Benzema numbers in Switzerland. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. I moved to Connor. Carlos Vela has put up uh, Lewandowski numbers in America. Just that one year. That one year. Yeah. This just, year, PFOC is. Okay. And Champions League goals. True. My it's player of the United. week. I will give a shout out first to Ronald Matarita, yep. who I was going to give it to, but then I realized he played against Miami. And anyone <laughs> kind of looks like Messi when they play against Miami. But goal to assist, yeah. fair play. But my actual player of the week will be this guy, who I think. Uh, <laughs> Say his name. Say his name. Carol Schwederski. Why are you? Why are you? Someone from Poland is really Someone from Poland is a. Or what would you call them? Poles? Well, a pole. You can call them pole. It's not a. It's a perfectly. Normal. I never said it was. All right. Well, at least I'm just saying. Will you talk about how good he was? That. Um, no, he. I mean, look, he scored two goals, Charlotte's first ever win, that being at home in front of a very packed crowd. This was against a Revs team who, look, we're talking how bad they have been recently. They're a tough team to play against on any given day. And for a Charlotte team who uh, I think the Revs admin had pointed out they had never won before today, let alone score more than one goal ever. True. Um, for for Schwederski, 
Uh, to uh, same country as Lewandowski to, to score two goals and really pull the team towards their first ever franchise win. That is huge. The stakes were very, very high and they got their first win. So for me, that itself has uh, given him the player of the week yeah. to me. Well, those were our players of the week. Let's take a look at the full team of the week. And while we're looking at it, guys, start thinking of your questions because we're going to take questions next. But let's take a look at the team of the week. Uh, a guy that we didn't touch Solid. on that some people were talking about in the chat, Vasquez. I think that's another good shout. I think we, if we would have had a four-person panel, I think Vasquez definitely would have gone in there. He's, he's been great. He's, he's been, been great, great, and they've led to two Cincinnati uh, victories. See another guy also, that they should consider for they the should. national if team? If he keeps scoring, then World Cup rolls around, then you've got to kick The World Cup the is when I think that you can bring in a guy that like has never played with the national team. If he's the hot hand, yeah. a la Hercules Gomez, just go. Just yeah. go with him. Kone for Montreal has been very good for them this season. Mm-hmm. 19 years old. Yeah. Wow. Is he in the U.S. player pool? Or is he from? Canadian. Oh. Of course. That's the only reason why he knows him. Yeah. There's nothing better to talk about than U.S. men's World Cup qualifying other than Canadian World Cup qualifying. Yes. I know. Both and we'll talk satisfying. about that once uh, the, the yeah. Football Without Borders show. So. Uh, all right, guys. Yeah. Now, now it's time for your questions. There are no questions in there right now, so we have to vamp. So let's hurry up and get yeah, some yeah, questions. Yeah, no, no, no. Phil, we, get, we get want some questions MLS in there. questions. Yes. Weird questions. Weird questions. World Cup questions. Attire. National team questions. Yes. I, I saw a question before. They want to know what was on my shirt. It's Diego Armando Maradona. Also, we'd also take in Richard Belzer. As a, LAFC Alfonso. 360 show. Someone was asking. I, th- I thought you were going to say Richard. Uh, who, is the, who is the workout guy? Oh, it's Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. He's got kind of the yeah. hair. Yeah. Argentine. An Argentine. No one's got any questions. Vince, is that a lion on your jacket? These tiger. are tigers. Oh, cool. That's a that's an inside joke that no one's gonna inside get. Joke. Someone in the LAC360 show uh, said, "Where are your plaid pants at?" And you put them on. Boom. Yeah. What do you think about he keeps that? Keeps them in his car. <laughs> Am I allowed to do this? No one asked Am I allowed that? to do this? Do you think Is you this allowed? Yeah. I did it anyways. Yeah. Who qualifies? Uh, how, how does it end up qualifying? I okay. think Canada. Canada's one. They would say two. Wait, no. does Canada stay undefeated? Canada stays undefeated. No. Yes, they do. Pro- and I'm not saying it's, it's very Panama. hard. Two road games. Yeah, two Jamaica, road games. Costa Rica. Yeah, but we're not playing the U.S. or Mexico. It's easy. Okay. Uh, Soccer USA, should LAFC worry about Orlando? Not yet. Yeah, not uh, yet, but they should when it rolls around. It's a long trip. The only thing I would say is you should only worry about Orlando in Orlando. I think if the if Orlando was coming to the bank, it would be a completely different story. But yeah. it, it'll be weird. First game back from the international break in Orlando. It's going to be humid. It's yeah, I would say normally I'd be a little more worried because Facundo Torres scored his first goal and their DP, Kara, uh, uh, assisted it. So you're like, oh, they're kind of clicking, but now we're going to go on a break. Facundo is going to have a long trip to go down, and Uruguay is in the midst of a dogfight to get into uh, the World Cup. So his mind's going to be elsewhere, and, I, and he may not start. Yeah. Uh, but Orlando has it like they did against the Galaxy. They have a way about them that they can sit deep. They can play a little Portland-esque, but they have a little bit of quality going good, forward. Good player, good keeper. Gallese is going to make things very difficult as well. Is I he, wanna, wait, is he okay? Chris Whittingham. Oh, hey, got, hit got, in hit the groin. In the, got hit in the penis. Yeah. It's there just, you go. It's such an ugly word. That's not, that's it's not, not a, a bad word. It's just a scientific Can I just say word. something? And I know I don't get the show, which is a reference to Chris Whittingham's show. Um, Chris, do you not know that it's not that part of your body that hurts when you get there? It's the That's right. It's the undercarriage. Do you think he's ever been hit in the testicle? Everyone has. I'm, Every man has. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't know. I've been yeah. hit there at least 15 times, so everyone's been hit at once. Yeah. 
Oh, wait, I think any wickets. I do want to <laughs> say least. your question is it a must win for the U.S. men's national team versus Mexico? No, but based I feel on like what you got to get a point, but based on what Heath said and what we're feeling, it's attainable. You can get something here. It's not the same Mexico. Azteca doesn't feel like a fortress. It's not going to be full, but let's get to the Luis Hernandez question. Thoughts on having some MLS games during the international break. Um, it's a uh, I don't love it. I mean, you have, but it seems like but it has to happen. Three. There's only three. So why do they know that these three teams they can't make up the schedule with? I would all. They want to have games. I understand it, but the value of keeping it clean. Every team has an international player, so I, I really want to see the, the league get closer to what they do in Europe and other places. Well, they have a clean slate, break. just no games. They'll get there, but it. They almost got here this time, and then they still had three games. We should chat up. John, uh, Don Garber, what's up with that? Yeah, he's, I don't want to bring that up. He signed that soccer ball we had earlier. Uh, okay, I, you know I'm going to make this a thing whenever we do the questions that I put my feet on the table. But now this we're, is a bad we're, look. We're, we're moving. We're moving into stoppage time, guys. Stoppage time, as you know, do is I our chance to, to rant. Julian Araujo has about, struggled. About, he's not the most overrated though. Yeah. Al. Uh, it's our chance to rant about something that's top of mind for us. It can go anywhere. It could be something that we've already talked about. Uh, Connor, you're up first, and you're looking feverishly at your cards to figure out what you talk about. They're not on the cards, bro, so I hope you remember. Might be on the screen. Uh, Connor, go for Are your stoppage time. I mean, I Here it comes. Ready? Ready? Here it comes. Make it magically appear. And oh, Austin, I yes. like how you did that. I'm going to do the same thing. Um, <laughs> you didn't remember yours either. I did it for the bit. Um, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> uh, Austin FC, uh, they played Seattle this weekend. 1-1 one, one, uh, draw. Wasn't their best game, but it was, it was okay. They they beat Cincinnati and Miami, and then drew Portland away, and now drew Seattle home. Now you're playing teams like when they scored ten goals in two games against two very crappy Eastern Conference teams. People were like, "Don't get your expectations too high," and now they've drawn two very good East Western Conference teams. Mm -hmm. So for me, that says, okay, this isn't maybe. Uh, title contender of a team, oh, but, but is it this playoff recipe? 100. percent That's a huge step recipe. for them. Okay. That'd be great. They have a them. very well balanced roster this year. I think they kind of the Driusi MVP contender. Hey, he hasn't been quite as good the past couple games. But I'll just say, in the long run of the season, I think that Will Austin FC will be DP? Actually, I think next show you will have some DP. Oh, you'll have to do that next week. I'm excited. I've been thinking uh, about I'm it. I'm really excited. Good little magic trick to see what your. I know what mine is. No, but just do it anyway. Okay. Well, hold on. Where's my Where's my single? Let's see. There's David Copperfield. There it is. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, this is uh, this goes out to MLS. MLS, I like the way you do your Player of the Week, getting the fans involved. Clearly, we like doing that. We have a chat. We like hearing from our fans. Uh, here's here's the, my problem with it. Don't go to sleep before the Western Conference games. Yes. Uh, week in and week out, we see Eastern Conference guy after Eastern Conference guy after Eastern Conference guy. Look, I get it. Sports are just better to watch on the West Coast, and they are uh -huh. because we can watch every single game. Yes. We're not super Preach. tired. And you guys, sleep is important. I know this. I love sleep. So maybe, maybe so that you can include someone like a Ryan Hollingshead in your Player of the Week voting, maybe you need a, a West Coast satellite, maybe like a 110 football, somebody that's following up on all the games from the West Coast to help yes. you out. Give, We're give here. Your, it's already set up. We could easily do – they did that MLS After Dark thing. Yeah. yeah Sorry, do, but we not do a, a high fan. five. We'll do a high five not with Doyle. Good. Go to sleep. We'll take over. Yeah. Don't worry, we, you're in good hands, as we can tell by our great chat. And now we're at a thousand. 
uh, which is 2000. Probably 2000 right now, right? A day away. While we were talking. <laughs> but I think the league has grown enough. This is a big, beautiful country with many time zones. So why don't we have an East Coast and a West Coast? And let's really make this happen. Thickety Wickets, Doobie Brothers deliver the goods. Maybe they, they're not big enough for the bank. That's a lot of seats. I know what mine is. I'm going to do a little salt bay to see. Do it, do it, do it. Oh, oh. Yes. There it is. <laughs> Young South Americans delivering. There were three big signings into MLS this season. There, it's been a little bit spotty the last few years with some guys that just haven't reached their spots. Piti Martinez, who wasn't really that young, and then Ezequiel Barco, Brian Rodriguez at LAFC for a guy who was viewed as like a $30, $40 million player. Hasn't met that, although he's getting a little better. These three guys are off to the start you want. Alan Velasco scoring and now playing big minutes for FC Dallas. Coming from Independiente in Argentina, Tiago Almada scoring right off the bench here for Atlanta. I imagine he starts in their next game, helping them tie Montreal 3-3, coming over from Vélez Sarsfield. And at Orlando City, Facundo Torres, the Uruguayan, coming from Peñarol, which gave us Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez. Lucas Cavallini played there as well. Uh, these three guys all scoring in the last two weeks. They, the best part about it, is they look like they are really happy to be here. They are excited for this opportunity, which tells you coming to MLS is viewed differently than it was a few years ago. This is a place where you can launch your career. They're looking at the success stories of Miguel Almiron. They're looking at the success, even like a Ricardo Pepe, where you're young and you get in to that next club. Maybe they stay here a little bit longer, but it's great. Bonus question. Go for it. We got a bonus question from Soccer USA because we love him so much for always. He's our number one shows. viewer, right? It's between him and Thickety Wickets. Uh, but bonus question: One word thought on Berkey signing with St. Louis. Connor, one word. Dope. Berkey. <laughs> That's his word. <laughs> Is that your word? <laughs> yeah, sure. Berkey beat. Borussia Dortmund goalkeeper has signed. Oh, that's right. That's with, right. Yes. Okay. Berkey. Okay. Uh, now, what is your word? <laughs> Berkey. Interesting. Mine is goals. <laughs> they hasn't been very good. All right. But interesting signing. I think uh, look, they're building was, something. You got to give me a first name. They're building something German-based there in St. Louis. So that's I think that's a good first signing. Although high-profile international, and if he's going to be a DP goalkeeper, uh, no, he's not. No. I hope no, not. No. I don't know. I hope no, not. not. I hope they would have. I hope not. I don't know. All right, that is it. Thank you guys so much for watching and participating in the chat. That's what makes this show so much fun is hanging out with you guys. Hey, guys, you've been great. We'll see you next Monday. The next thousand's easier. All about the